Welcome back to Storical, dear listeners. Today's exciting for a couple of reasons. First, if you are listening in real time, today's the first day of Hanukkah. So a very happy Hanukkah to all my listeners who celebrate. Second, this is the last episode of Storical for 2019. Yay! Storical was originally just once a month, so I thought by this point in the year I'd be at episode 11. But now that we've got these fun little footnotes, we're ending the year at episode 28, which it's hard for me to wrap my brain around because I never thought I could do something like this. But here we are. So go for your dreams, kids. Okay, so bringing things back to Charles Dickens, in the biography episode of Storical this month, we talked a little bit about the circumstances that led to Dickens writing arguably his most famous work, A Christmas Carol. Today, in 2019, soon to be 2020, A Christmas Carol has been adapted so many times that most everyone knows either the story or the conceits of the story by heart, and the story itself is seeped in sugary nostalgia. But interestingly, at the time of its publication, the celebration of Christmas was actually not that popular. Most people had to work that day, and while in the past there had been big feasts and celebrations, that didn't really happen much in Charles Dickens' day. People were pretty whatever about Christmas in the 1800s. And the reasons for all of this literally spanned millennia. So here's the part where I give you a super brief condensed history of Christmas. First, you've got the ancient Celts and the Germanic peoples celebrating the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year and the longest night. This was turned into a 12-night party called Yule or Yuletide. You've also got the ancient Romans celebrating Saturnalia, which was kind of similar in spirit to the solstice celebration. Saturn was the god of agriculture, so for the Romans, Saturnalia was a celebration marking the return of spring and good crops. So you've got these different pagan festivals all happening around the same time. Each of them is heavy on the feasting and drinking and general merriment. Then, in the 4th century, Pope Julius I comes along and kind of throws a wrench into everyone's good time. He officially declared that Jesus was born on December 25th. And if there's any super devout people out there listening to this, I am very sorry to be the one to tell you this, but no one knows when Jesus was born, and it was probably not on December 25th. Side note, I went to a Jesuit university, and one of my professors was a Catholic priest with a PhD, so we called him Dr. Father Fred, and that was actually one of the first things he told us. Okay, so why then, if no one knows when Jesus was born, is December 25th decided upon as the Christian holiday? Because back when Christianity was an upstart little religion, they wanted to get converts, And Pope Julius was a native of Rome. So he was like, hmm, well, my people already celebrate Saturnalia at this time. So if we give them another holiday in December, they'll be cool with it and more likely to convert. This is actually how we got most of our holidays, friends. Going into newly conquered lands and offering a holiday at the same time as their already established non-Jesus-y holiday to get them to join Team Christianity. And just for full disclosure here, I grew up Catholic. My current affiliation is Catholic in air quotes. My intention is not at all to mock, but to talk about this in an easy to understand way. So now we've got our new holiday, Christmas, that happens at the same time as these long-running pagan festivals. Throughout the Middle Ages, Christmas kept its legacy as a big party. Lots of drinking, lots of bonfires. Thanks to its pagan roots, there were also some fun touches thrown in. Mistletoe and wreaths of evergreen had been used during the dark winter nights in ancient times as a means of warding off spirits and demons. 
Yule logs, which were logs that can burn up to the full 12 nights of the Yuletide festivals, were a tradition, as was getting cozy by the fire and telling stories. In the 1600s, Christmas trees became a thing in Germany, and remember that for later. In Shakespeare's play, A Winter's Tale, Maximilius says, A sad tale's best for winter. I have one of sprites and goblins. And another character responds, Let's have that. Do your best to fright me with your sprites. It makes sense. Back in the day when most people died by the time they were 40, and there was no heating or electricity or even gaslight yet, death, magic, and spirits were all around, and it was exacerbated in winter because it was so dark. I think I said this in the last episode, but here in Seattle, it gets dark at like 4 o'clock right now, so I can only imagine what it must have been like with nothing but light from candles and fire. And actually, I'm recording this at... 9.30 in the morning, and it's already really dark because we've got like a monsoon going on here. Long aside, so Christmas, up until the 1600s, was a holiday that was named after Christ, but still had mostly pagan festivities. And then Oliver Cromwell and the Puritans showed up. I seriously do not understand how the United States was able to break out on its own as a country with its Puritan beginnings, because in case you don't remember, the Puritans hated fun. They were extremely devout, and Cromwell, a descendant of Henry VIII's guy, Thomas Cromwell, was the Lord Protector of England during the English Civil War. So they come in and they're like, you guys, the Bible doesn't even say Jesus's birthday, so you shouldn't be doing all this unholy celebrating. Charles II was restored to the throne, and everyone was like, oh, go away, Puritans. So they shipped them off to America, which, thanks England, we're still to this day having repercussions from that. In fact, the Puritans were so extreme that it was illegal in Boston, of all places, to celebrate Christmas until 1681. During this time, the celebrations were scaled way back, and people just kind of moved on with life and forgot about all the fun parties of the past. Then in 1819, Washington Irving, the American writer I mentioned in the Dickens biography episode, who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle, he was actually one of the first modern writers to lay down some ink devoted solely to a Christmas story, and his was called The Sketchbook of Jeffrey Crayon. This book was a series of short stories about a big Christmas party at a manor house. This story, similar to A Christmas Carol, had themes of family and peace. Then in 1843, a full 24 years later, Dickens wrote his masterpiece. And like I said before, we read it as nostalgia. Dickens was actually himself writing nostalgically of Christmases of yore, and the story was just as popular upon publication as it is today because nostalgia is powerful and we all tend to have a rosy view of the past. Now, the Industrial Revolution was in full steam, and this was kind of the age when mass-produced greeting cards became a thing. Add to that that Queen Victoria's German husband, Albert, brought over the German tradition of Christmas trees, plus the super popular nostalgic family-focused view of the holiday. All of this worked together and was kind of the start of Christmas as we celebrate it today. Okay, this was a very long-winded way of saying that while the holiday known as Christmas has been around since the 4th century, it was and still is heavily based on pagan rituals that predate that, and the Dickens version of Christmas, which has become our modern template for the holiday, was a reaction to the Puritan movement of the 1600s. So modern Christmas is really only like 150 years old. And to all those people who like to say that there's a war on Christmas, just be glad that Oliver Cromwell's not still around. Now, Dickens' use of ghosts and the idea of past, present, and future is a holiday fixture. It was so profitable for Dickens after A Christmas Carol came out, he wrote four more Christmas-specific books and dozens of stories. 
He even edited journals in which he solicited Christmas stories from other famous writers of the time. The Haunted Man is probably his next best-known Christmas story after A Christmas Carol. I mentioned in the biography episode the book and movie The Man Who Invented Christmas. When you think about how much he shaped the holiday, if you want to make a generalization, sure, Dickens had a hand in inventing Christmas as we know it. He certainly wrote some of the most famous holiday stories. But ghost stories and the rituals that make the holiday fun have been around for millennia, and Dickens really just reinvented Christmas. On that note, that's it from me in 2019. Whatever holiday you celebrate, I hope that you have a wonderful time with friends and family. Thank you so much for listening to Storical. I absolutely love making this podcast. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. And just a reminder, I'm taking next week off to regroup. So Storical will be back the first Monday of January. So I'll talk to you again in 2020. And buckle up, because we're kicking the new decade off with the story of the teenage queen who ruled an empire. (laughs) 